Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. This week, a debrief on the Jerry Brake case from his lawyer, David Rosenfeld. They were in the Federal Court of Appeal last week, trying to get their case against the supplemental agreement certified as a class action. More about that later. But first, an interview with the National Chief of the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples, Robert Bertrand. The Newfoundland affiliate spot has been vacant since Halibut exited to the Assembly of First Nations. Who will take the cap seat? Chief Dave Wells of the Mi'kmaq First Nations Assembly of Newfoundland was at a cap event in Ottawa last month, and MFNEN is working on its application now. There are also rumors that the Northern Peninsula Mi'kmaq ban will apply. I contacted Chief Mildred Lavers about that, but did not hear back from her. What is cap looking for in the new affiliate, and what benefits come with membership? Here's my conversation with CAP National Chief Robert Bertrand. Uh, Chief Bertrand, so the Newfoundland position is vacant, and I guess we should specify that we're talking about the island of Newfoundland because uh, Nunatukavut is the Labrador affiliate, so Labrador is taken care of, and we're talking about the island of Newfoundland. Of all the 10 provinces in Canada, we can we can say that Newfoundland is uh, is is blessed, and and CAP is also blessed because we have uh, two representatives uh, on 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 our CAP board. We have Labrador, and up to up to last our last AGA, we had uh, we had uh, the Newfoundland. Uh, uh, I forget the name of them, but uh, they changed their name to Halapu. So yes, uh, yes, the, the Federation of Newfoundland Indians are previous. Uh, exactly, exactly. And so with uh, with Halibu now having gone off to the Assembly of First Nations, you will be uh, filling the Newfoundland affiliate spot. And I understand that happens at your next annual meeting in September. That's right. Now, there's there's a, 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 a there are procedures that have to take place before it even gets to our AGA. Now, I will I will go over them uh, uh, very quickly with you. Mm-hmm. The the applications have to be submitted at least 120 days prior to the annual general assembly. Mm. Now, this year's CAP AGA is held on September 27th, 28th, and 20, uh, excuse me, September 28th and 29, 27th, 28th of 2019. Now, uh, the applications uh, are submitted to our, uh, to the CAP Board of Directors for Recommendations. Mm-hmm. And then the board will then decide to refer the the application uh, along with its recommendation to see if it'll get to the next step and the next step will be at the AGA and it will be up to the the delegates at our AGA to vote to accept that um um uh, PTO that uh, organization uh, or not mm-hmm. 
So potentially the board could recommend uh, a an organization to be the affiliate and the delegates could turn it down. Absolutely. And you need, uh, this is important here, you need at least two-thirds of the delegates at the AGA to, to, to get a winning vote for that organization. Mm -hmm. uh, when the board is looking at the applications, are they looking for uh, particular qualities in the group that wants to be the affiliate? Well, um, I, to be honest with you, I was never in on one of these. Uh, a lot of the board members have more experience in it than I have. Um, what will happen is not this board meeting, but the next board meeting, uh, the the representatives of the organization will be asked to come and uh, and 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 uh, make a presentation, if you will, to the board. And following that presentation, in uh, in uh, how do you say that when just the board alone in uh, in camera in camera board meeting. Uh, the board will will discuss it, and then they will uh, they will uh, uh, send uh, the 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 application, and and also uh, if they have any recommendations along to the AGA, and it's up to the the delegates of the AGA to vote on whether or not to accept this new uh, organization. Right. So do I understand then that the uh, the organizations who are uh, trying to become the Newfoundland affiliate will give a presentation about themselves at uh, to the to the directors at this board meeting. We usually have a, a one in the in the uh, in the not the spring but the summer. Uh, uh, I can't be sure, but I I I, I think the, the the representative will be asked to come make his pitch, and then uh, they will be they will be questioned by the different board members and uh, about about their organization. Make sure make sure that it fits in with CAP's uh, uh, scheme of of you know how we are going to be proceeding with. Uh, with uh, you know CAPS development, make sure that uh, we get the right organization in there, and you don't want you don't want a rogue organization that will um, you know tr try and bring the organization down. Is that an experience that you've had uh, during your tenure? Of you had to do uh, no, 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 no. I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just speculating. We just want to make sure that. Uh, uh, Myself as national chief, and I'm sure all the other board members, I can't speak for all of them, but I'm sure, uh, you know, most of them, you know, they want to do what's best for CAP. So, we, you know, there is a question period time, and, and we'll, you know, we'll, 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 we'll ask the, the pertinent questions, and, uh, and uh, from what the answers we get, they will proceed to the next next phase of the, uh, if we can call it the initiation. Right. <laughs> yes. One of the groups that wants to be the affiliate from Newfoundland is the Mi'kmaq First Nations Assembly of Newfoundland, and they were at a CAP uh, event in February as observers because they are not the affiliate yet. Uh -huh. uh, and it, uh, Chief Dave Wells has expressed uh, his interest in becoming the CAP affiliate. Are there... Are there 
groups um, from Newfoundland who have approached you? Uh, also? That was all sent to uh, the, the head office, to our CEO. Uh, we will be reviewing them in the coming days. And because uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know right now, and I don't want to speculate. I don't want to cause any problems. I want this to be a very, uh, very uh, uh, good process going forward. Uh, and uh, we'll just we'll just wait to see how uh, you know who who will have sent in their applications and and we'll take it from there. But the process, whether there's one application or five application, is all the same. What I've just mentioned to you. Yes. So uh, are you are you aware uh, that there's been that there is more than one application, or you just don't know? I just don't know. I just don't know. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, the Mi'kmaq First Nations Assembly in Newfoundland, anyone can join. You go on their website and you pay the $20 membership fee and then you're a member. There's no no other membership process besides that. Would that be an issue for CAP in terms of um, uh, membership uh, process in the potential affiliate? These these could be questions that could be asked uh, by the different board members because I'm sure uh, some of the, the uh, board members have been uh, uh, talked to. Uh, uh, but as for myself, I try and keep uh, um, you know I try and keep uh, uh, arm's length distance. Excuse me to make sure that. Uh, that everything is done according to our bylaws and uh, and uh, you, you know they can't come back later and say this was not done or that was not done i can assure you that all the uh, all the groups or no matter how many they how many they are they will all have to go through what i just read to you uh, uh, mr weaver is there anything in your cap bylaws that says to be an affiliate uh, your membership uh, criteria must meet these uh, standards, i.e. you have to show um, indigenous ancestry uh, in becoming a Every, member of yeah, yeah, the, the, the There was, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have it with me here, uh, there were certain criteria that the um, um, organization had to meet now I, I did not I don't have them with me here, but uh if they have if they have met this is more uh, of a uh administrative side and like I said, you know, we'll do the political side, but the uh, on the administrative side it was it was more or less the 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 CEO who took care of it. I know that there was certain um uh, uh criteria that you have to meet. If they are allowed to go ahead uh, what what that tells me is that they met they met these criteria. So uh, you know whatever is is brought forth is we know that they have been uh, uh, looked at and have met whatever CAPS requirements were. Right. Okay. Let me ask you very briefly about um, what uh, the relationship between affiliates and CAP. Affiliates, uh, I understand, don't pay an affiliate fee to be members of CAP. So when you become a member, you, you don't have to 
put up money to be a cap uh, to be the cap. You do not. You do not. You do not. And on the other hand, cap because it is a national indigenous organization that has access to funding from the federal government and elsewhere. And I just wish you could call up Justin Trudeau <laughs> and tell him that. Because I, I listened, in, I, I, I'm sorry if I go off topic here, okay. but I listened very intently last night to the budget, and there was all this money, uh, all this money for the First Nations, for uh, the uh, MNC, for ITK, and I did not hear uh, that there was a new funding available okay. for CAP. Okay. So we were very disappointed discouraged and mad about uh, last night's uh, budget. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry I, I, I sort of went off track, but uh, I, 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 had to get that, I had to get that off my chest. No, I, I appreciate that. So currently then, um, do you, uh, I think you, you get uh, funding per specific program items from the federal government. Yes, and it's up to, and it's up to the different PTO, uh, different organizations to apply to INAC for their own core funding. So the group that becomes the Newfoundland affiliate can apply uh, by virtue of being the CAP affiliate, they can, they can apply to INAC for that core funding. That's exactly it. It's uh, office uh, office expenses and uh, some traveling uh, because, you know, you do have to go out and meet your, your constituents and uh, but it's it's up to the individual PT uh, organization to to apply to INAC. And from CAP to the affiliate, do you also have? Is there a funding relationship that way? That's what I was. Yeah, there's there there are some. For instance, uh, you said how there's nothing for housing now. We were hoping that we would see something last night for housing. But for an example, uh, assets, you know, uh, 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 job training and stuff like that, we do have an assets uh, program. And uh, I believe I believe uh, there's three or four affiliates in the Maritimes that have their own private assets. But for, uh, for, for I presume, for, for Newfoundland that, uh, you know, they will be able to tap into the, the one we have here in Ottawa. Robert Bertrand. National Chief of the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples. The last of the current round of federal court cases was heard last week. Jerry Brake was in the Federal Court of Appeal trying to undo a lower court decision that turned down his bid to move forward with a class action. Canada and the Federation of Newfoundland Indians says it's too soon because not all of the 80,000 people denied status will get into Halibu and therefore won't be entitled to any damages. Jerry Brake's lawyer is David Rosenfeld. He argued to the three appeal judges that class actions don't work that way. You don't need to prove the claims before the class action is certified. The three judges took up those points with Canada and FNI, and it seemed to those of us in the courtroom and watching the webcast that Canada and FNI were on the defensive. I asked David Rosenfeld if he had a read on the judges. Uh, I just, I don't think you can read anything into something like that, but uh, I think that the judges wanted to clarify what the arguments were from each side. So it may be that they understood what we were saying, particularly in our written materials in advance of the hearing, and maybe wanted a clarification from the other side uh, in regards to their, their arguments. 
at the Federal Court of Appeal, there are three judges, and um, I don't know if that makes uh, that makes it uh, difficult, it makes it longer or or quicker to get a a decision. And of course, it could be a split decision. I guess it could be two on one side, one on one on the other. Um, I guess you have no sense of when we might get a decision in this case. I don't have a sense. I, I would expect at least a minimum three months before mm -hmm. we get a decision, but it, it could be in, in a matter of months, not not weeks, that's for sure. They have a lot of cases to deal with and a yes. lot of decisions to, to write. Another question they asked was what the uh, interplay would be of uh, waiting for Abbott and waiting for this one. I mean, the Abbott case will come out from the federal court, from the lower court. Will, do you think they'll wait for that decision before they render their decision? The appeal. I don't think so. Uh, I think if the Abbott decision comes out, they may reference it or look at it, but um, they certainly will not be waiting for the Abbott decision to come out. Those of us watching, we heard a theme of um, the government saying, uh, the Canada and the FNI, well, uh, you can't, um, it's too soon to have a class action proceeding because we have to wait to see which of the 80,000 um, get into the uh, get you know past uh, get into the band and people who, who don't get in uh, they have no they have no claim and you were saying no uh, it's like a residential there was an analogy of the residential school system cases where some students were abused some were not some had claims some did not so. Just give us a, a sort of an encapsulation of that very central theme that we had in the case. I, I guess it's just a, a divergent view of what a class proceeding really is. Um, in uh, other proceedings, there are common issues that need to get determined, like whether the supplemental agreement was fair and appropriate, and what follows from that uh, is uh, what follows from it, which is a reassessment of people's applications, just like in Wells. Wells came to a decision for which we don't agree, but in any event, Wells came to a decision, and then following that, there were reconsiderations based on those decisions. So it's it's the same component. It's not clear why um, the respondents, being the FNI and the Attorney General of Canada, suggested that, that they needed to wait until the outcome of the assessments. Just like in any other class proceeding, you determine, for instance, whether the supplemental agreement was fair or not, and then you have individual determinations, reconsiderations, about whether somebody was impacted by that decision. So um, I, I, don't, I think the panel understood our argument in that regard and wasn't necessarily following their argument in that regard. The, the ultimate question will be whether uh, a class proceeding is preferable uh, mechanism to deal with these issues rather than the test cases that they've been proposing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's look ahead. And uh, as you say, the issue here for these judges was whether this matter should be converted and certified as a class action. So, assuming that happens when we get the decision, uh, what on what will unfold after that? How would things go? If we're successful, there would ostensibly be notice to the class, so to all the those people rejected from the uh, process pursuant to the supplemental agreement, saying, "Hey, there's a class proceeding that might impact your rights," and there were an op opportunity for individuals to opt out to say, "No, I don't want to be part of this." Um, then you'd proceed to a hearing on the, the, the main issues, meaning whether the supplemental agreement is fair and appropriate. Mm -hmm. How long yeah. that might take, I, I don't know, but it may take some time. Um, on, your, on the uh, Koski-Minsky website, you have a notice and people can, can register. So um, 
uh, I guess if they haven't registered, uh, they should. And, but even if they don't register, they will be covered by the result unless they take actions to opt out. Yeah, the registration on our, on our website is just for information purposes. I mean, if you want us to send you information uh, about the class or want us to know about you being in the class, then, then that's the case. But ultimately, no, you don't need to contact us per se to be part of the class. Um, and you would be, if we're successful, you would be part of the class until you took a step to say, no, I don't want to be part of it. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio, in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, tune in on the Voice of Bombay. And in St. John's, catch us on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.